All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Wisconsin Show Choir Download. I am your host, William Soki, and this is episode 34 of the download. And my dear listeners, welcome back to episodes on consecutive weeks. Yeah, I know, after not doing episodes for, what, like the first six or seven weeks of competition season, I'm back-to-back. So, and I'm going to try and do this for the rest of comp season, but uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, thank you for all the love and support y'all showed for episode 33. It's so much more fun when people let you know what they like, maybe let you know what they don't like. You know, you move on from there, but uh, I really do appreciate all the support everybody showed the last episode, but getting into things that actually matter instead of me just being narcissistic for a while. We had quite the packed weekend of show choir here in Wisconsin this past weekend, so let's get into that a little bit. Starting with our groups that went out of state, we had Burlington's Be Jazzled at the El Paso Gridley Show Choir Showdown. They were competing in the large mixed division, which was a little bit interesting to me considering I counted 16 more or less when they were on stage at New London. Uh, They did place fourth out of four choirs in that division, but still, I mean, I'm sure it was a great experience moving up into that large mixed division and uh, competing against uh, some really heavy names. I think Wheaton Warrenville South was there and, you know, they were at Logan earlier this year. So, you know, I'm sure many of you know just how good the classics are. As well as we had Nina's Vintage going out to Waconia's Star Power competition in Minnesota. And Vintage took home what is, in my opinion, a really impressive fourth place finish in that competition. They went up against a very crowded field. You know, you had names like Bemidji, Millard North, you know, just a lot of these powers of Midwest show choir. And they went there and they took a fourth place showing out of it, so... You know, I thought that that was really good. They went toe-to-toe with Bloomington Kennedy, which is always a plus. I mean, I can't remember any time anybody from Wisconsin besides maybe on Alaska or uh, La Crosse Central a number of years ago has gone uh, toe-to-toe with Bloomington Kennedy. So I thought that that was a really solid weekend for Nina there. Moving on to the in-state stuff, we had the Monona Grove Silver Stage Invitational. We're going to start out with the Women's division results, not placing in this division with Stosha Central and Fort Atkinson. The first runner-up is Milton's Octave Above, and the grand champion is Sock Prairie's YTBN. I'm going to be honest with you guys here. I didn't really expect anything else. I think just in terms of what I had seen so far this year, YTBN has just a show that's head and shoulders above pretty much uh, any other women's show in the state right now. I think that they've only been really seriously challenged by some groups that have come from outside of Wisconsin. And uh, I knew that it was probably going to be fairly close in between uh, Milton and Fort Atkinson, but it looks like Milton took that first runner-up position there. So good job to all of the girls in Octave above there. I will say that uh, I was surprised at how small Lexington Singers from Fort Atkinson was this year. Clearly, they're dealing with a little bit of a numbers drop there, but it seems like they have plenty of kids in the uh, middle school group, Fourth Street Singers, right now. So hopefully, a lot of those numbers carry over into the high school groups for Fort Atkinson. The prep division results, the grand champion in this division is the DeForest DeFortes. 
This is their second consecutive prep grand championship at Silver Stage. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I was really uh, disappointed to hear the results of this division. And that's not because DeForest won. No, I could not be more happier for DeForest. First competition season with their new director, everything like that. But I was really disappointed that they didn't even name uh, one runner-up from the prep division. I thought that with four groups, I I thought that they definitely would be announcing at least a first runner-up. Especially because I thought that uh, at least the three of these shows that I had seen earlier this year, I hadn't seen Broadhead's show since it was their season debut, I thought that all three of these shows were pretty much on the same playing field, and so I would have been really interested to see who came out in that first runner-up position, but you win some, you lose some, I guess. And uh, if anybody has further prep results from Monona Grove, please let me know. I have nothing to talk about for the next two weeks. So if you have those placements from Monona Grove, hit me up on Instagram or email at WISHOWCHOIR, and uh, I will definitely be talking about those if I do get those. But uh, if not, let's move on to... The biggest division at this competition that was the mixed varsity division we have not in the placements because this was a no finals competition a late change not in the placements we have the Janesville Craig Spotlighters Green Bay East's Rhapsody in Red the Mayville Cardinal Singers and the Madison East Encore who did grab the best male soloist award Going from 6th on up to 1st, 6th we had Milton Correlation, 5th was the Reedsburg Corleers, 4th was Hamilton Synergy, 3rd was Fort Atkinson's South High Street Singers, 2nd was North St. Paul's Northern Lights, and in 1st place was Sauk Prairie Executive Session, their 2nd Grand Championship of the year, and what a season it has been for Executive Session. I know that at least when I saw them earlier in the season, their energy was just head and shoulders above anybody else who was at that competition. And it did include uh, a few groups who was on this list for Monona as well. So I don't know if it uh, was just kind of the, the same deal where they just had a much better performance than anybody else. I mean, they swept vocals and choreo. So I would expect that it would be kind of that same deal. North St. Paul, I think, really benefited from the format of this competition. Masks were required for all performers, and that's something that they have been rolling with all year, even at competitions that did not require masks. So I thought that that was a really big equalizer for them, and clearly they capitalized on that. Ford Atkinson uh, following up with another solid showing in third place uh, ahead of Hamilton in fourth place, and this is actually a reverse of Milton's final results where I believe Hamilton was fifth place and Ford Atkinson was sixth place. So it's always nice to see progress in groups throughout a year and and clearly the South High Street singers are continuing to workshop their show. Rounding out the placements, Reedsburg in fifth and Milton in sixth. Uh, This one is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, regarding the Reedsburg Corleers, uh, Sock Prairie publishes their prelim score sheets online. And uh, side note, if there are any other directors out there listening to this, I uh, would highly recommend doing that uh, just uh, for transparency purposes. Uh, you know, not even final scores, but just prelim scores. And uh, I looked at the scores from Sock Prairie, and they were very 
clearly out of finals. It was not a matter of a fraction of a point or just a couple points. I thought that they were out of finals by a number of points. Uh, and Milton, who started the season off super hot at Parkview and even uh, managed to make finals at Fort Atkinson just two weekends ago over you know a Nina group who clearly did very well at Wakoni this past weekend. I thought that these placings were a little bit uh, interesting. I did not watch the live stream. I had some other stuff going on. I was watching West Salem for a lot of the day, and I'll talk about that later. And so I did not see anybody's shows, and I just haven't had the time to uh, because, you know, college life deals. And But I do think that even going back to, like, 2018, I think Milton had a season where the placings were just all over the board, where they were flip-flopping with groups they'd beat or they'd lost to, even going on towards the end of the season. So I think that, you know, it's just kind of uh, something to be expected, you know, that these margins are super close. And speaking of Sock Prairie, Milton was there too, and I'm just now remembering this, and I'm not even going to edit this because it's not worth the effort. Milton was pretty solidly in second place. Uh, El Paso Gridley modulations was far and away the class of the field there, but Milton was a pretty solid second ahead of uh, a really closely contested battle for third between De Pere and Logan. So it was interesting to see Reesburg make up all that gap and more on Milton. Like I said, maybe there Milton was missing people due to quarantines or whatnot or whatever, you know, but I just find that interesting. This is the end of the competition season for Green Bay East and I believe Janesville Craig as well and for sure Madison East. So unfortunately, three of the four groups that didn't place, uh, this is the end of their season. Madison East and Craig not making any finals or placings at all this year. And Green Bay East uh, with a lone finals appearance at De Pere to show for their season. So, you know, I thought that the 5 6 Seven eight region would be super close. I would say Mayville and Green Bay East were probably right there knocking on the door, getting placements as well. Speaking of Mayville, they will be at Green Bay Southwest in a couple of weeks, so yet another chance to capitalize on uh, momentum, uh, any momentum that they would be able to build in those couple of weeks. And Normally, this is where I would go and I would recap the other competition for the weekend uh, that is West Salem Wonderstruck in the case of this weekend, but uh, we do have a little bit of an elephant in the room to acknowledge here real quick. The way that the scheduling worked out this year, Broadhead shifted their invitational from the last Saturday in February to the third Saturday in February. And then eventually just canceled it all together. And that was traditionally your only competition the fourth weekend in February. And Holman, who is traditionally the only competition the first weekend in March, moved theirs back to the second weekend in March on the same day as Janesville Craig. So that leaves a really wacky two-week gap with no in-state competitions. And... I am not going to lie to you all. I am struggling for material a little bit for these next two weeks. I know that there are a number of groups that are going to the John Hersey Chicagoland Showcase on March 5th. I don't know how many that will be, 
but I know that uh, it will be at least a few choirs for sure. I think that Holman's going to be there and maybe a couple of others as well. And there is also, in another twist of wacky scheduling, a third competition on that second weekend of March. And that is the first annual Green Bay Southwest Packerland Powerhouse Showcase. And uh, major props to Mr. Brent Bergstrom and everybody over at Green Bay Southwest for making this happen. They are just moving up into the varsity division this year. Uh, and clearly this is, you know, quite the monumental task to take on as well. So, you know, uh, clearly it's a big year for their program. I did some digging and I found a newspaper article that said that uh, currently they have nine groups signed up. And I did some digging in programs I'd acquired from this year and uh, just some general knowledge I'd acquired. And I believe that unless there are any add-ons, I have managed to piece together the full nine-group lineup for Green Bay Southwest. And so for anybody interested, as of right now, the way it's standing, nine groups, uh, two middle school groups, and seven high school groups. Those two middle groups are New London's Vocal Motion and Mayville's Next Edition. And the high school groups, let me see if I can just rattle them off the top of my head here. I did not write them down on the show sheet. Uh, Green Bay Preble is going to be bringing two groups. Ashwabanon Encore is going to be there. New London Vision is going to be there. Mayville Cardinal Singers is going to be there. Washburn Fire and Ice is going to be there. And Bayport High School from Swamico. Uh, a suburb of Green Bay is going to be debuting a women's group named Pandemonium. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that's all of them. So that will be your lineup for Green Bay Southwest. Unless there are any late ads, I would find it kind of implausible that there would be a ton of late ads into this one just because, number one, you know, some groups, like I referenced earlier, and their competition seasons in mid-February, and there are also two other competitions in the state going on that day. So it's, you know, it's not like there are groups that want to compete that are just sitting around. You know, there are plenty of opportunities for them to do that. So I believe that that is going to be your lineup for Green Bay Southwest. I don't have uh, lineups that are complete that I would feel confident sharing on either Craig or Holman. I just know that Holman, uh, I think, is going to be a little bit of a battle of the heavyweights uh, just with some of the groups who I believe are rumored to be there. So watch out for that. But anyways, this is just a really super long roundabout way of me saying that the next couple of downloads might be shorter. And so if you have content ideas for me, hint, hint, videos of your shows, if I haven't seen them yet, uh, send them in to me and I'll be more than happy to talk about your choir on a future podcast. All right, getting back to your regularly scheduled programming here. Uh, we did have another competition this weekend, and that was West Salem's Wonderstruck. Uh, technically, the inaugural Wonderstruck was last year in 2021, but that one only had three high school groups and I believe a couple of middle school groups. Uh, so I really consider this one to be kind of the de facto West Salem Wonderstruck. In the middle school division, in third place, we had Onalaska's in the middle. Second place was West Salem Crescendo. And first place was Onalaska's top of the middle. And I don't think it's a surprise that top of the middle won the middle school division. I, at least I hope it's not a surprise to a lot of you. DJ Eriki, uh, they said on the live stream that he has been directing 
these choirs for 21 years and I think that it's rare that you find somebody that sticks anywhere for 21 years, uh, especially in the choral directing world these days. So major shout out for that. I did not realize that Mr. Eric had been there for that long. So uh, clearly, you know, whenever he uh, retires or, you know, pursues another opportunity, it will be a, a very good closing of the chapter for the Unalaska Middle School Choirs. Moving on to the prep division, in second place was Cashton's Ridgetop Revolution, and in first place was Naperville North's High Heeled Harmony. In the varsity division, in fifth place was Sparta's Upstage Adrenaline. In fourth place was New London's Vision, grabbing the Best Crew Award. In third place was Toma's Limited Edition, grabbing the Best Male Soloist Award. Second place was the Pure Jam Session with Best Choreography and Best Single Gender Number. And first place with best vocals and best band was Naperville North Entourage. This one, being on the small side of festivals, there wasn't uh, a ton you could kind of extrapolate out of this one. I think that the uh, results were pretty much what the community consensus was, which is actually really rare for the showchoir.com contingent. Uh, Love y'all, but I mean, showchoir is unpredictable and very rarely do things shake out the way the community thinks they will. This one did, as it turns out, I don't think a lot of people anticipated the captions being split. I mean, Naperville North was very competitive in uh, Mount Pleasant's competition a couple of weeks ago in Iowa, uh, but clearly De Pere's on a roll this year, and credit to all of the kids in that group, as well as uh, their choreographer Nick Kwame for, I believe this is their second best choreography award on the year after uh, winning New London's competition as well. And I will talk about all of these groups a little bit more in depth now because, like I said, I'm struggling for content a little bit. Uh, so I'll just go over. I've seen all of these shows, whether it be live or on live streams this year. So just some quick hits on all of these groups this year. We'll start off with Cashton uh, for a high school choir that's only in its second competition season. I thought that you all looked really, really good. Uh, the middle school program in Cashton started in 2017 and the high school program started in 2020. And this is one of those deals where the show choir director, in that case, it's Mr. Skyler Erickson is a different director than the curricular choir director at the school. So, you know, that adds another wrench into things as well. When that happens, their theme for this year is the comeback set, which is, is you know to be expected after pandemic year i'm sure that uh, a lot of choirs are doing something along the sort but uh i did like the classic rock medley at the end you know not many people do scorpion uh in their show choir sets uh and some high points of this set i thought that uh the pure numbers that they had were really good i mean they have five guys i think i counted and that's you know holding steady with uh, some mixed varsity groups this year and they have the girl contingent to fill it out as well I thought that you know you could see that progress was being made you know does the choreography still need to be cleaned yes are there still some tempo issues at some points in the set yes but I thought for a prep group who's only in its second year of existence and Cashin's a small school too I'm pretty sure it's under like 400 students so you know just a, a phenomenal product for where they're at in their evolution right now I'll throw a little bit of love on our hosts for this competition as well, uh, Wesley and Vivace. This 
group has definitely been one of the women's groups to watch in the past couple of years. I mean, not on the level of like your Sock Prairies, but definitely good nonetheless. I mean, they've made finals a couple of times at Eau Claire Winterfest, if I remember correctly. And this year they're doing a Mamma Mia set, and it, there are like eight different ABBA songs, and I might get ratioed for this hard, but uh, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Mamma Mia, so I did really enjoy this show, and I thought that the saxophone solo at the end of the show was uh, just exactly what it needed to be for Waterloo. So props to Vivachi there, uh, and good luck at, I believe, West Salem's at Hastings this weekend, and I'll cover that later. Sparta's Upstage Adrenaline, this is their first season as a varsity-level group, and uh, this the history of Sparta is really interesting. They were a really big show choir power in like the late 1970s and early 1980s. They even traveled to a competition called Bishop Lures in Indiana once or twice, and that was like a really tough competition back then. Uh, but the current iteration of Upstage Adrenaline has only been in existence since 2017, and so there's been some growing pains along the way as well but like cash and i would say for a group that's only in year number five you know i look at hamilton synergy as kind of the textbook evolution for uh, modern day wisconsin show choirs and it took them you know a good five years to get out of the prep division and another couple after that to consistently start making finals so i'd say that they're right where they need to be at this point in their program evolution this year's show is a hunger Games themed show and I uh, have never watched any of the movies, so I can't comment on any of the plotline issues personally, but, you know, I thought that it was an entertaining show. Uh, Like Cash, and I thought that The Closer was kind of a high point of this show. I thought that the ballad also grew really well. I thought that there was some nice dynamics and nice builds throughout that song, but the one thing that did kind of hamper their set was that there were a few balance issues with the band where uh, the band was just overpowering the choirs a little bit. It was hard to make out the words that they were saying, so maybe a little bit more diction, especially in like the back half of the set and some balance uh, with the band, just working on that as well as you move into the late season. New London Vision, moving on now, they have been in competition since at least the mid-1990s, maybe a little bit earlier from that. You know, history gets a little spotty before the internet was invented. It's all on paper. Uh, Miss Lori Flurdy was there for 25 years before retiring at the end of 2020. And when she left, New London was in the midst of a finals drought that they almost broke at De Pere in 2020. They were a mere fraction of a point. I'm told that it is less than a tenth of a point away from making finals at De Pere in 2020. However, they brought in Mr. Kevin Spindler as director formerly of Colby. He fired up a show choir festival at New London, which I went to and I enjoyed a lot, so shout out for that. And he brought New London into finals at De Pere, where they were fifth place and they were fourth place here as well. This year's set is about the roller coasters that life takes us on. I thought that the opener was strong in this one, and the ballad, I thought, had a really good connection to it. I thought that the performers did a really good job of connecting to the audience in that one. It was it was a beautiful song choice, too. And I would say just kind of tighten up a little bit of the, the tone issues and maybe uh, some uniformity in vowels just based off what I could see from the West Salem stream. 
although streams can be deceiving. So, you know, that's a really picky thing, but I thought that it's a really good and a really entertaining show this year as well. You know, it's not something that directly relates like to the pandemic. So I thought that it was a really good set and I enjoyed it a lot when I saw it. Toma's limited edition has been around for the better part of 40 years now. They're at at least 30 and going closer to that 40 range there. They've cycled through a number of directors throughout their history. Uh, they're currently directed by Kate Buener and Chloe Gorman, and they have been on the leadership team for a few years there at Toma, so it's nice to see some stability on the leadership side of things. And Toma has been solidly in the middle tier of Wisconsin show choirs for a while now. They ripped off a string of sixth place runs in 2020. They've made finals a couple of times this year. Uh, so they look to be solidly in the middle of that bracket as well. This year's show is about Pinocchio and the journey that Pinocchio goes through and the good and evil that hangs in the balance. And I tell you what, that is perhaps the highest on stage I've ever seen somebody dance uh, in like the middle of the set when uh, they climb on the platform and dance on top of a box on top of the top riser. So props to that for making that work. I thought that that was entertaining as well. I don't know if they have any other competitions planned. I know they usually go to Holman, but I don't know if that's the case this year. DePier Jam Session, now your first runner-up at West Salem. They have been in their current show choir form since 1995, and they've won a couple of grand championships since then. Uh, they've spent a number of years kind of where Toma was, making a couple of finals appearances a year. Uh, they exploded in the 2017 to 2018 competition seasons, won New London in 2017, and uh, ripped off a really nice streak of finals appearances in 2018 with a handful of first runner-ups. And they look to kind of reignite that form this year. They won New London second here with best choreo, third at Sock Prairie. They will be closing out their season at Holman, so that will be interesting to see as well and this is a program that really has some momentum behind it you know they formed a new prep group in the last half decade they started hosting a competition back in 2020 so i you know there's a lot of momentum behind this program and i would uh, really peg it as one to watch going forward this year's set is all about time and coincidentally this is the same theme that milton is doing just with a little bit of a twist milton's is more of a go to the future and then come back whereas DePier is doing a go back in time and then come forward into the future at the end of it. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, there's, you know, some set work, which is starting to become classic DePier uh, with a backdrop or something anchoring the stage. And uh, it's another one of those fun shows like New Lennon, just kind of a novelty theme, but uh, nonetheless, I enjoyed it. Moving on to the second host group at West Salem, the Sensations. This was a group that kind of oscillated between competitive and non-competitive for a little while in the kind of early 2010s and the late uh, 2000s, uh, but clearly they are here to stay. You know, they have a prep group that competes. They host a competition. I wouldn't see them going away anytime soon. They have made at least one finals appearance every year since 2018, so it's built up a nice kind of overall streak of momentum for them. This year's set is a selection of songs designed around the streaming series Stranger Things, and I'm going to out myself once again here and say that just like 
The Hunger Games. I have not watched Stranger Things at all. Like, I haven't even seen one episode of it. So, like that, I cannot talk to, like, the fittingness of the songs. But I will say the number that's probably getting a lot of attention is the Ghostbusters number. And I did enjoy it. The only other group I'd ever seen do Ghostbusters live was Bloomington Kennedy back in 2017. And I think West Salem did it the right way with costumes, you know, little blow-up backpacks and, you know, the whole deal regarding the Ghostbusters deal. So, you know, I enjoyed that one. And uh, there were quite the mashups early in the set as well. So I thought that there were some complex medleys there. And they are also at Hastings this weekend, and I will be talking about that. That is the perfect segue into the preview portion of this download. We have no in-state cops this weekend, but we still have a few choirs making appearances at out-of-state competitions, and we start with Altoona Locomotion. They will be at the Bishop Healing Crusader Classic. Of course, their director, Mr. Justin Rannick, a graduate of Bishop Healing himself, Altoona slots into Iowa's 3A category, which is their second largest category based on enrollment size of the school. So they will be competing in their division against, it looks like, a school from Nebraska and then a handful of Iowa schools as well. I think it's a little bit of an uphill battle to make finals here, but like I said, I believe last week, This is a completely different scene. You can't really use the transitive property against anybody. So I wish the best of luck to Locomotion in their travels down to Sioux City, Iowa this weekend. That's where Bishop Heelan is. All right. Keeping with the Iowa theme, we have the Marion Masquerade. This one is held in Marion just outside of Cedar Rapids. Onalaska's Express will be in attendance, and this looks to be a pretty good test of their performance as well they're going up against cedar rapids washington's momentum xavier's Zilleration, and bettendorf's surround sound and so it looks like this will be a big test for them just to see if they can come out on top of these iowa choirs they split captions with wheaton warrenville south so i have no doubt that they have the chops to do it Uh, it's just a matter of how the results play out. Moving into Minnesota now, we have the Hastings swinging on the river, and this one is where we get a lot more Wisconsin representation. In the varsity division, we have Green Bay Southwest and West Salem. And in the prep division, we have Sparta and then West Salem's girls. So we have a little bit more Wisconsin flavor on this one. And this is another one where... You have Bermidji, you have Bloomington Kennedy, you have Totino Grace. So those are powers of the Minnesota scene, and it is hard to beat them on any given weekend, although clearly Nina just showed that you can. So I wish everybody over there the best of luck at Hastings. It says swinging on the river, so I would hope that there's some kind of like view of the river at the school. I don't know. Maybe it's just a city that's on the river. Somebody who's going to Hastings... uh, Email me or DM me on Instagram and tell me if there's a view of the river from the school or not. I am very interested to find out. So I will at least be back next week to talk about the few choirs that compete out of state this week. If there's something else that comes up, I will probably talk about that too. But if not, I'll probably just do some more show reviews because I don't know. I think they're pretty fun 
to do. I've seen a lot of shows at this point in the season, been to a couple comps, watched some live streams. So uh, let me know if you guys want me to do some show reviews or do something else or whatever. Instagram handle is at WI Show Choir. I do post some stories occasionally. Email is WI Show Choir at gmail.com. And just hit me up there if you have any like questions, comments, thoughts, content suggestions, any of that. So for sure, just let me know. It has been a blast doing this. I can't wait to potentially talk about more groups in depth next episode. But until then, this is William Soki saying goodbye until the next Wisconsin Show Choir download. <laughs>